0: We're back on the fan morning show. Justin and Ailish, Sportsnet 590, the fan. Maple Leafs, the couple highlight moments last night against the New Jersey Devils. Back in action Saturday night. A little bit of time here now at home to reset. Get some guys in some condos that haven't even been to the city yet. Find them some lodging. (laughs) Where are you staying?
1: Get some guys in some condos.
0: Buddy, there's people that haven't even entered the city of Toronto since being acquired. Is there? Doesn't it feel like it? They've been out and about for the last year.
1: I suppose so.
0: Yeah, they've been on the on the coast. They don't even know how to use the get presto card yet.
1: It's been a whirlwind. They got lots to figure
0: out tonight, tomorrow, the next day. They don't
1: think they have a week off.
0: (laughs) They don't. If you're John Torres, boom boom. They're back in action against Edmonton on Saturday night hockey night in Canada. Our insider brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom. Visit DonValleyNorthLexus.com. It's Haley Salvi and host of Hockey Central and Sports at 960, the fan and national hockey writer at The Athletic. Good morning, Haley. Happy International Women's Day, lady.
2: Oh, thank you. I I feel that I didn't even I forget about I forgot it's about okay. that.
0: Been celebrating all morning. Well, you didn't get up at six and listen to me talk about my favorite Canadian women's athletes of all time. Go back and uh, listen. No, you're been, one of them.
2: I've been awake for about. Fa- That's not true. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You think you're a fan? Like recite my cross country and track and field. PBS, you were
0: fast. You were really yeah. fast, and, uh-huh. and you had good. Good, yeah, you uh, good saw me splits. run by
2: once <laughs> when we were in school together for a year. And we're like, ooh.
0: That's right. Wait, you guys Jeez were in school split. together? Yeah, Rye High. That's right. Oh, wow.
2: That's right.
0: Both Haley them. interviewed me when I was a, uh, a Ram. That's true. That's where right. we first met. We go way back. Yes.
1: Did uh, you hang out in that media room at Mademy? There's like a little like corner yeah. office media room. I didn't even know that existed. No. What? No. You played in that? I don't the... know what you're talking about. Yeah, I was busy Come on, scoring you goals. You guys know what I'm talking about. We
2: were in the little athletic lounge all the time with all the other athletes.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, an exclusive club i guess
0: yeah look yeah. at us now yeah both part of some version of the fan 960 590 the squad's rolling deep here all I'm right haley yeah. um last night it was uh, a nice moment of release, I think, for some players. Um, bunting, Matthews, getting those moments. You saw exuberation jumping into the glass, pointing into the stands at fans. Uh, how much needed was it for those guys to get on the board in the, in the fact that they did in such high stakes against uh, a team that is, is a pretty tough opponent?
2: yeah I mean, I feel like it's probably bigger for a guy like Bunting to to get on the board the way that he did and in, in the kind of game that he did just because of the way that we've seen him getting dropped down the lineup. I mean, his minutes have been trending downward uh before he was finally dropped from the top line. I guess he was dropped off the the top line officially against the Canucks um. He played like 12 minutes in Seattle on the first game of this really long road trip. I know I heard you guys talking about the presto cards and these guys haven't stepped foot in Toronto yet. It's been an 11 day road trip, I believe. So, yeah, these guys don't even know how to get on the TTC if that's something that they're interested in doing. Uh, But yeah, Bunting played like 12 minutes in Seattle, which is the second lowest uh, TOI total of the season. And he's been averaging around 15 and a half minutes per game in February, down from 17 a night. Uh, when he was kind of consistently the guy riding next to uh, Austin Matthews. He had like a goal and a pair of assists in his last seven games before this. So uh, it's been, it was good for Michael Bunting, better for Bunting to me than somebody like Austin Matthews. And I'm sure we can get into that, but I know there's always a lot of noise when Austin's not scoring at the clip that we're used to seeing, or he's not, Um, dominating the game in the way that we saw last year or the year before. Um, He's still well over a point-per-game player, Uh, (laughs) still one of the best goal scorers in the league. I know it's not exactly what people have expected of Austin, but I have a hard time going super in on the the criticism for a guy who is still playing the way that he's playing, Um, but for bunting, for sure. I mean, he was taking a ton of penalties at one point, um, kind of veering over – the line that he should be tiptoeing. And I think Bunting's an interesting player in the sense that like you want him being in guys faces and taking uh, and being physical and being irritating and and doing all those things that make bunting, you know, a very fun player to watch a fun teammate, very irritating to play against. But when he crosses that line, he's spending too much time in the penalty box uh, and he's way more valuable to the team out of it than sitting in there. Um, And he's, kind of crossed that line a little bit too much uh, over a certain stretch, um, which has maybe kind of happened at the same time as his cooling off offensively. So I think Bunting getting that big goal uh, last night was was very important or bunting just getting in on the offense was very important um, and obviously Austin Matthews getting a game winner was was huge but as I said I, I I know that he's not quite there like obviously he's had some injuries this season and I think everyone can tell that he's not playing at 100 um, percent but he's still what that was his 30th goal of the season last night right and he's still over a point per game player like if that's If that's what people are upset about, if Austin Matthews is only scoring 30 goals at the 65-game mark and he's still a point-per-game guy, if that's what we're upset with, I think they're doing all right.
1: Yeah, it felt like important moments for both players uh, because the pressure was on them. It felt like if there was anyone, you know, with the... With the attention on them, it was Bunting and Matthews heading into the game, and they both deliver in a key moment and lift the Maple Leafs to victory. Uh, With Bunting specifically, do you think it's a good exercise for the Maple Leafs trying him out? I know this is a demotion. It's framed as a demotion. The reasoning and rationale from Keith is that, yeah, he hasn't been playing well, so now we're playing him on this line. But I feel like it's a decently... Uh, it could be instructive, it could be positive, it could be something that's important for the front office just to see if he can play and have an impact with others because you don't want to enter a long-term partnership with a player that might only be that player if he's playing with Austin Matthews. I mean, that's not the way you should sign contracts. So maybe this is a smart move for the Leafs just to see if there's anything or anywhere else he can contribute and whether he can contribute in areas other than just on Aust- Austin Matthews's wing.
2: Yeah, it's a good point. I don't know if it's quite, um, like, I don't know if I agree that this is something that Sheldon Keith is doing to test out if Michael Bunting can drive his own line in the bottom six, because, I mean, we have not quite seen that yet, and I wonder if that's probably part of the reason why. Uh, like, I think they're maybe trying to see if he can drive play on his own, but I don't know why you would want him to do that when he plays so well with Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner or Nylander, whatever way that they're kind of constructing that top line. Um, But seeing bunting and Matthews paired together, like when bunting is playing well, he is kind of the perfect piece on that left wing with those two guys. Um, So I think they're probably just dropping him down because there's guys playing better than him right now. And it's like, well, if you're not going to be the piece that kind of gets things going or you're not going to be the right compliment for for our top guys on the top line while we're going to try somebody else and I think it's as simple as you know someone else is playing better than you right now so you're getting dropped down and they're getting this opportunity I don't know if I would I don't know if I would say that they're doing this to test out like what else can Michael Bunting do for us because I think you want him in that role because that is where he has shown that he can have the most success and that line can have the most success I, I don't know if you know, his contract is being hinged on if he can drive play from the fourth line.
1: Yeah, not probably not. I mean, the integration process is ongoing. There's important things that <laughs> yeah. they have to be dealing with right now and trying to see if they can build meaningful chemistry. But I guess maybe a byproduct of it is like, oh, it doesn't work anywhere else? Uh, let's think about that when we actually think yeah. about a contract this summer. Sure, uh, like,
2: so- do we really want to give this guy millions of dollars if he can only do one thing? I, I can get behind that. I get it. But I think, like, right now... It's just that he wasn't playing very well and he got dropped on the lineup.
1: And you got the response from Bunting because he did, well, uh, uh, listen, uh, a beautiful pass from David Camp, maybe completely unexpected, definitely set the table for that, uh, but it changed the game and he also contributed Bunting, that is, on Matthew's goal with the little dummy uh, in the third period. Mm -hmm. So those two players kind of answer the bell a little bit, but all of this, all these conversations, all these individual situations, yeah, they're all happening in their own silos, but throughout it all, Mitch Marner and William Nylander have been constants for this team. And we kind of understand Mitch Marner, mm-hmm. like they try to put him with the player that needs to get going. Or they try to maximize Austin Matthews' impact or John Tavares' impact with Mitch Marner. We know Mitch Marner's role in this team. It's all-encompassing. It's all situations. It's everything. But William Nylander I want to focus on just because, you know, we talk mm-hmm. about the integration process and all these new partnerships and everybody trying to figure out where they belong And Sheldon Keefe, it seems, can just drop William Nylander on any unit, on any line, with any line mate, and he just finds a way to contribute. Is that the growth you've seen from William Nylander this year compared to maybe the last couple years where, you know, maybe the situation had to be perfect or he works in his his own silo too much? Now it just seems like, here you go, Nylander, go over the boards and he's going to make an impact for you.
2: Yeah, it's such a great point, Justin, because I think, you know, when the game when I think people saw some of the projected lines and it was like Nylander, Lafferty, Yarncroak, and people were like, what? (laughs) What is this line that's been currently constructed? Like, what is going on here? And then that line comes out and they've got, uh, you know, Nylander gets that unbelievable assist that he gets across to Cali Yarncroak who parks himself in the blue paint. Like, I mean all of the devils just completely like shift over to William Nylander on that play because it's William Nylander. And they're like, Oh gosh, he's coming down with speed. We got to get over. And that leaves yarn croak in the right spot. He is smart enough to get there. Um, It sounds like a silly thing to say that he was smart enough to get onto the doorstep, but I'm sure we've seen this in in previous games where there's nobody there when somebody makes a cross ice pass and yarn croak parks himself there and he finishes it off. And, yeah, I think that's a good example of like, it doesn't really matter sometimes who William Nylander's playing with because he is going to create, he's going to make those plays and you just need to be there. And Callie Yarncrook was aware of that. Um, he was asked last night, like, were you surprised that Nylander got that pass on your tape? And he's like, I mean, it's what do you, it's Willie Styles. If anyone can do it, it's him. Like, So the guys, when they're playing with Nylander, they just are – they have to be aware of where the puck is and that it could be on their stick at any moment and that you should probably finish off those opportunities. Um, So definitely, I think you can see Nylander, you know, fitting in with different guys. He's been moved around the lineup a lot. I mean, this right now is, is a lineup in flux because you've got six new players they're trying to work through all the new defenders I mean Tavares is out last night you get Ryan O'Reilly you're trying to figure out okay is he going to be our three C is he going to be our two C what works best in our our top nine here and now he's hurt so like this is a roster that's going to have a lot of tinkering Um, and through all that it hasn't I think the first two games after the Sandine trade were a little bit Um, They weren't great from William Nylander like that first game and I'm not saying that this was because Rasmus Sandin was traded. It's just like my uh, the way that I kind of remember this game, but I think it was the game after Sandin got traded. That one was probably one of the um, worst games that I've seen from Nylander this season. Um, But other than that. I, I couldn't really tell you how many times I've come away from a game and said ah oh, Willie Nylander did not have a very good game tonight and I and I think one of the things that has impressed me the most about his season this year and I said this when when I was kind of guest hosting with you Justin I feel like anytime I'm on the radio I'm like why why did everybody hate this guy for so long <laughs> and it was because, you know, the defensive effort sometimes isn't there. And the thing you see all the time with Nylander is, oh, he was coasting on that shift. And, you know, now we can look back and see at least, what, three overtime winners that Nylander has scored this season that kind of started with a little stick lift in the D zone, uh, stripping a guy of the puck, you know, picking someone's pocket and going the other way and scoring the game winner in OT. Like, we are seeing more of that. Um, effort. You know, we're seeing him drop down into the D zone more. Um, you know, we're seeing a lot more of a complete version of William Nylander than I think we did in years past. So he's just, he's leveled up and he's been consistently very, very valuable for the Maple Leafs this season.
0: Yeah. The uh, William Nylander haters, the uncles on Twitter have been quiet as of late because he's been <laughs> a pretty, pretty solid force for the Maple Leafs. Um want to get your first initial now impressions of mccabe's addition to the maple Leafs. i think last night with that shutdown shift um at the very end of the game to keep the maple Leafs in it to to win to secure that i I thought he really showed maybe the value of what he can bring to this lineup i I think it's taken a game or two for him to get you know acclimated or comfortable and, and maybe not playing outside of what he needs to bring I think there's a little bit of nerves at the beginning we can attest to that Um, Mm -hmm. what you've seen so far from McCabe and and maybe what the value is of adding him in 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 this position um, on the back end
2: yeah I I actually really like Jake McCabe I feel like he's a guy that's kind of consistently been on my like UFA boards or trade boards over the years covering the Flames and the Sens whenever he's kind of a pending unrestricted free agent or had one year left kind of like ooh, you know this team should take a they should take a look at Jake McCabe. I just think he's one of those guys. He like the Leafs needed another guy who could just eat tough minutes, uh, especially, you know, no Jake Muzzin. They haven't had him for a while. And, you know, there were some concerns early in the year when there was lots of blue line injuries of how long are we going to do this to 39 year old Mark Giordano? I mean, everybody loves Gio. He's still looking young and fresh, but like how long are you going to make Mark Giordano play? you know 23 25 20 minutes a night um and then now you get jake mccabe and, and he can eat those tough minutes he can play a lot in the top four um he's unflashy he you could even consider him boring sometimes but but he will eat those minutes he will block shots he'll kill penalties um you know he'll play a little bit heavier you know i, I don't think he brings the same physical element as like a luke shen um but jake mccabe certainly will throw throw the body around um you know, I think he's a guy that Sheldon Keith can trust to put on the ice in any situation if they need to, you know, come back in the final five minutes or you want to secure the win in the final minute. You've got a big PK coming up. I think McCabe can play those minutes. Um, he's a left shot who can play both sides, which is very helpful. Um, you know, the first... The first game, obviously, yes, there's nerves. He makes the, the mistake early in the first game when he, he's making his debut with the Leafs. But the second game he played uh, against the Calgary Flames, I just thought he him and TJ Brody were, were one of the big positive takeaways from that game. Um, you know, I think the Leafs could have a really interesting kind of shutdown pair with those two. Um, but I also think Jake McCabe brings a little bit of an offensive element as well. Like he's got a good shot. It seems like he's pretty smart in knowing when, when to pinch down. Um, so I've really liked his addition, and I think the fact that he's now making two million dollars over the next two years is I think that's just smart it's obviously very early but right now you're looking at this first handful of games and thinking wow the Leafs have this guy for two million dollars for the next two seasons now like that that's looking pretty good so not only do the Leafs get you know not only does Kyle Dubas bring in a guy that Sheldon Keefe can kind of play in any situation someone that they can you know, hopefully trust in the postseason. Um, but they have he's also given himself some flexibility to, to play around with, with the deep hairs in the roster next year, because now you don't have a guy that is probably going to be due a raise. You, you've just got Jake McCabe at, at $2 million, which is really manageable for the cap. So I, I've liked what he's brought. It, again, it's still early, um, but he's definitely one of those kind of unassuming d-men that that are pretty valuable to have in your top four
0: we're talking to Haley salivian host of hockey central and sports at 960 the fan national hockey writer at the athletic um so with all that said where does that leave morgan riley what's the best way to amplify or protect or put morgan riley in a position that gets him a confidence but gets him contributing when it matters here down the stretch
2: what do you mean is something going on with morgan riley um...
0: Not not sure. Um, I don't think we've said his name uh, at all on this radio show.
1: (laughs) The number one defenseman doing number one defenseman things.
2: (laughs) You know what? It's interesting because I think there's reason to I think the whole blue line is is really interesting to dive into right now because there's just so many of them uh and where's everyone gonna fit and I've seen the outrage on Twitter over you know Timothy Lilligren sitting for two games while Sheldon Keefe tries to you know just integrate the new faces into the lineup uh you know Luke Shen I don't think is playing over well uh, Timothy Lilligren because they think that Luke Shen is going to be a regular over Lilligren I think you're just trying to get guys into the lineup and figure out where guys fit um and it's interesting because I thought the idea of Shen and Riley is intriguing to me because we know that Luke Shen spent so much time in Vancouver playing with Quinn Hughes and and Quinn Hughes and Morgan Riley are not the same player. Um, These are not the same teams, but like, these are two, you know, offensive puck moving, jump into the play type defensemen and Luke Shen and, And Hughes had a pretty good pairing. And we know that Quinn Hughes really liked playing with Luke Shen. So I kind of thought, like, ooh, that could make a bit of sense. And then you see last night that it's Lilligren and Morgan Riley. Um, I don't know if they're going to put TJ Brody back with Morgan Riley long term because I do kind of like the idea of Brody with Jake McCabe. Like, again, I think those two look like a pretty good shutdown pair. So now you kind of got. There's just so many options, and I would like to kind of continue seeing Sheldon Keith work through those. I know that's not the sexy, fun radio answer. Um, like, I know that there's fans that are kind of interested in what a Timothy Lilligren, Morgan Riley top pair could look like what do you like do you would that be too much of a liability though like don't you want somebody who's a bit more stabilizing beside him but I guess I'm working through this in my mind like live on the radio which is great for me Um, I guess the problem with Luke Shen being up there is he's not exactly the the best defensive defender he's just got that physical uh, element that he brings to the lineup that the Leafs don't really have on their blue line so that's I don't know what the best play is, I, I guess I'm saying, to get Morgan Riley into the most comfortable place, you know, defensively speaking, on that top pair. I think they've got two interesting options that I would like to see them continue to work through. Obviously, Luke Shen is back home in Vancouver, I believe, because his wife is expected to, to give birth to their their child. So I think we're going to see a bit of maybe a couple-game runway uh, with a Morgan Riley-Timothy Lilligren pair. And, you know, obviously we just had last night. I'd probably need to see a little bit more. Like, I think Riley Brody is the best option because, you know, guys just play better with TJ Brody beside them. But I, I do prefer Brody with, with Jake McCabe right now. So I think just seeing the Leafs continue to to experiment with with who works best with Morgan Riley, whether that's Luke Shen or Timothy Lilligran, I think... Remains to be seen. I'd, I'd be curious to know what you guys think of that. I don't know if I'm sold on the Lilligran-Riley top pair yet, but I could be convinced.
1: I don't have many sexy, fun radio answers despite ah. doing doing radio. Uh, oh, but, shoot. But uh, here's my take on on Riley. Don't consider him a top-pairing defenseman anymore. Consider him new Rasmus Sandin. Uh, you might have your top pair. It's a shutdown pair with Jake McCabe and TJ Brody, and ah. the goal should not be, hey, Or Morgan, you got to deal with Connor McDavid, and then you've got to deal with uh, Nikita Kucherov, and then you got to deal with Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand. Let's shelter your role a little bit. Let's let you thrive, hopefully, on the power play. Let's try to get you minutes that are considered. Uh, offensively focused. And let's play you with Timothy Lilligran and try to get mismatches going on. We'll let the dirty work and the grunt work. We'll leave that to Jake McCabe and TJ Brody. And we're going to try to free you up and make you as dangerous offensively, connect you with a five-man unit that's offensively focused as well. And we'll see if you can have a strong impact from an offensive standpoint rather than drag you down with really, really tough and arduous defensive minutes. That's kind of where I'm at. Like, you wanted to shelter Rasmus? we'll try to shelter... Morgan Riley a little bit, even though he makes seven and a half million dollars.
2: Yeah. And that's going to be the problem for, for a lot of people online, for a lot of Leafs fans, for people who are already big critics of Morgan Riley, which is like, this is our number one, you know, seven and a half million dollar defense when he's being sheltered with offensive minutes. Um, but it's not Sheldon Keith's job to worry about how much people get paid. It's his job to make sure that the, the D pairs in the lineup are, are sorted in a way that can actually help them win hockey games and, uh, I think that's fair. I think part of it is reframing what, you know, that who that top pair is and what that means. If your top D pair is the D pair that you want driving offense, then sure. That can be Morgan Riley, Timothy Lilligran. Um, if you think your top pair is the pair that is going out there to eat minutes and play the toughest matchups, then it's probably going to be Jake McCabe and uh, TJ Brody, because it seems like those are going to, th- those guys are going to be the, the kind of shutdown guys, so to speak. And then you've got, uh, Mark Giordano and Justin Hall, and um, you know those two look pretty comfortable together. I don't see that changing, but again, there's so many blue liners right now that that Sheldon Keith is trying to mix together. Uh, so we'll see how it all shakes out. But yeah, I think that's that's a good fun. Radio opinion, Justin. I appreciate that.
1: Uh, (laughs) Uh, Last one for you, Haley. Um, Okay, so Matt Murray is back for now. Uh, Got a game (laughs) under his belt. Looked good. It wasn't a win. It wasn't a dominant performance by any stretch of the imagination. But he looks like the competent goaltender that he was advertised as. And really, the truth of the matter is, every time he's been in there, he's been fine. Availability is the issue, not really performance. So if he's available, game one of the Stanley Cup playoffs... Should he be in the net?
2: Ooh, I think that to this point that Ilya Samsonov has earned the right to kind of be that lead goalie right now. Like uh, the 1A versus the 1B, I think he played really well, save for, you know, the, a couple games on the road um, while Matt Murray was out. I think, I think right now it's Samsonov's net to lose. And again, I say that not as him being the unequivocal number one, but the 1A. Like, and does that look like uh Samsonov playing two games for Matt Murray's one. I'm not quite sure. I am quite interested to see the way that Sheldon Keefe splits up the rest of of these starts down the stretch. I think I think the biggest question is, can Matt Murray stay healthy? Like I'm not in a spot where I want to ask the question of is Matt Murray the number one? I want to see him get to the postseason and be actually healthy and ready and able to play in the postseason. Um, is this ankle issue? Over and done with. Is that going to pop up again? Is something else going to pop up for Matt Murray? Like those are the biggest Matt Murray related questions that I have right now. I- I'm not even looking ahead <laughs> down the final 18 games of the season because um, I just want to see that he is going to be healthy. Once we're looking down round one of the postseason I think if he stays healthy and he wins that spot away from Samsonov sure but just the fact that he's back now and he's looked okay since he's come back does not mean that he gets the number one starting goalie in round one, game one stamp for me because uh, he needs to win that back from Sam Sonov and he needs to get and stay healthy before I can say that he's going to start game one of round one.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. Baby steps before we start slotting in playoff lineups. Yeah, line the breaks, guys. Yeah, seriously, talk radio. You guys are crazy, eh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well,
2: are you trying you... to fill time or what? No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, you could catch... It's a fair question, but I'm just... Yes. I think we've seen... We've seen what we've seen this year. I'm, I'm just, I'd am just i like to see him just, you know, be there, not on IR or LTIR once the playoffs start.
0: Those are good dreams to have, and I hope they do come true for <laughs> Leafs Nation. Um, <laughs> Haley, appreciate you joining us this morning. We can catch Haley on Hockey Central Sports at 960 The Fan and National Hockey Writer at The Athletic. We'll catch up to talk some women's worlds in a couple weeks because I'm sure you'll Ooh. be there, and it'll be lots to tee up and excitement all around. Yes, I can't wait to hang out in Brampton.
2: Yes, me too. <laughs> All hey, right, no Haley. shade against Brampton. Huh?
0: <laughs> we'll chat with you soon. All right, thanks. <laughs> okay, bye, guys. Our insider was brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom. Visit donvalleynorthlexus.com. dot com. Haley Salvián. It's good. You wanted to bring something up, didn't you?
1: You said you wanted to address it. I just I wanted to ask Haley because she's the wordsmith. She's if- the writer. Exuberation was a word.
0: So I did say there was a lot of exuberation that we saw between some of the massive goals and goal scores last night. And as soon as I said it, I looked over at you and your eyes lit up. I was like,
1: that's a good word. Is it a word?
0: So then I saw your little fingers over there (laughs) Googling and I thought, I'm ready to defend myself. So let me give you the reason why.
1: Okay. You're ready.
0: Exuberation should be added to the Webster Dictionary. It's not a word. It is the combination of exuberant and elation. Now, exuberant, filled with characteristically lively energy and excitement. Energy and excitement. Mix that with elation, which is happiness and exhilaration. That's exactly what we saw last night. It is exactly what we saw last night. It's a perfect word, and I I would like to have it entered into um, the conversation for Webster's how about dictionary. this?
1: Forget Webster. How about the Dictionary of Aelish? And this is the first word that you've created. Because you kind of create some words sometimes. There's Every now and then there's something that's, that gets me Googling. <laughs> I think this is the first one that makes the most sense. It's actually a great word. Deserves to be a word. You can throw it into the public consciousness. The Dictionary of Aelish, the first word ever, exuberation. Exuberation. I, I, I really like the word.
0: A perfect combination of exuberant and elation and i hope we all get a chance to feel that when we win the wake and rake which is on the other side of the break so send in your picks at 590 590 for some exuberation
2: big opinions and in-depth
1: conversations covering the leafs jays raptors and the nfl the jd bunkers
2: podcast subscribe and download the show on apple spotify or wherever you get your podcasts
1: Wake
2: up! Now it's time for Wake and Rake. You could be raking in the dough with your kind of accuracy. Show me the money!
1: With Ailish and Justin.
0: All right, lots to do in the Wake and Rake, including our Players' Championship three-pack picks.
1: No, we're doing four-pack. No, we're actually doing five-pack.
0: But it has increased substantially well, since 6 Well, you were a little a. unhappy with it. I just, okay, this is the thing, Justin. You're a creative man. But sometimes I don't understand where you're going with things. That's okay. You have to trust me more. And I'm ready. So explain this to me like I'm five.
1: Okay, so I'm concerned about the summer, right? Like the the anxiety in my life, the angst that I feel is summer related, summer content related. Wow,
0: that's terrible.
1: It's not that terrible. It means there are very little things to be concerned about. Because it's not well, a big deal. That's
0: true. That's actually great for you.
1: Um, but I'm worried that, hey, you know, maybe we'll sub some time that we need to fill. Maybe we should start into the golf game. Maybe we should get involved here in golf so that we can build up and be more interested on a week-to-week basis. What's going on in the PGA? We're doing our full swing stuff that I think we're going to pick back up on Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just, I, I think we should pay a little bit more attention to what's happening in the golf world. And in earnest, it begins this weekend. A lot of people, you know, waste management, that's when it all starts The Players' Championship is when things really, really get fired up here in the golfing world. So, in the spirit of the Wake and Rake, gambling, a little challenge, right? We're doing a little WBC thing right now, but I think we should do a year-long challenge. I didn't have any, like, FedEx Cup thing that I could make that would make it sound good for us. I couldn't rhyme anything with FedEx. Don't worry. It didn't work.
0: I'll I'll figure it out. We'll
1: figure it out. But just to challenge the big events, the premium events, the ones where you'll see you know, the big guys at the top. I don't, I don't think we should break down the Rocket Mortgage Classic necessarily, but the big events, the players, the majors, the ones where guys are going to be there looking to make the Kurt Kitiyama money from last weekend, mm-hmm. those are the events that we should be dialed into. So what I suggest, five golfers each. It was actually four, but you, you were a little unhappy with the amount of like star power that's going to be involved here. So we're going to add one. What I want to do, is just basically a straight return on investment type of deal. And I will explain it to you, like you're five, as you requested. Basically, you're simulating putting a hundred dollars on each one of these
0: golfers. Five year olds don't know the word simulating.
1: Okay. Can you pretend like you're ten then? <laughs>
0: I can or do 15? that. Or <laughs> fifteen?
1: Can we you do fifteen? 15? <laughs> We're going to simulate $100 bets for each. So let's say you want to bet on Jordan Spieth, 35 to 1, as part of the mid-tier. We're going to do two favorites, a mid-tier, a long shot. Your mid-tier guy, Jordan Spieth, 35 to 1. If he wins the tournament, your $100 turns into, it'll be $3,500, Right. So I'm going. We're going to track this throughout the year. But what I don't want to do is, oh, Jordan Spieth came second. Here's half points. So oh. I have work to do on Sunday. Come on, you have to win the tournament to earn points. And I feel like this will create some interesting scenarios. So let's say you pick Jordan Spieth at thirty-five to one. Maybe all my mid-tier guys moving forward will be thirty-six to one or better because I'm trying to put my nose back out in front of you because it's about making the most amount of money at the end of the golf season, just like. The FedEx Cup, okay? So to, simple it de- to make it as simple as possible, we're both going to pick two favorites, one in the mid-tier, one long shot. The-, the definition of that is 20 to 1 or lower, 20 to 50 to 1, and 50 to 1 and greater, and we're going to take one Canadian each when applicable. I'm not sure every tournament there'll be multiple Canadians. There should be, though, because Canada Golf on the rise. So is- does that make sense? I will do the whole scoreboard. You don't have to handle anything else. I'll be in charge of that.
0: Okay? Okay. All I did was just go and look through the odds and pick people that I like, and it's going by Well, pick someone gut. you like.
1: First pick, we're going to go. You're going
0: to give me? It's Women's Interna- International Women's Day. I get to go first. Of course
1: you get to go first.
0: Rory McIlroy, baby.
1: Okay, you didn't let me set it up at all, but oh. be, go ahead. <laughs> You're going to take, we're going to take four he golfers He won back from- in
0: 2019. He's been very active and a bit snarky lately, and he's mm. got a chip on his shoulder, and I know he's tied for top odds, but I like Rory, and I want Rory as my first pick for this. He's got three other top 10s in his past 13 starts. He's a big voice for the players. What's this tournament? It's the
1: players. Rory. (laughs) Okay, so yeah, big spot here for Rory McIlroy. I was just going to say before you picked, there are only six golfers 20 to 1 or lower. So we're basically picking four of the six no problem. favorites to be involved in this pool because we're trying to set up, you know, we want someone to be final round, have something on the line. More likely than not, if we pick more favorites, we're going to So be what are you situation.
0: seeing Rory at for odds so just I can write it down? I have nine to one
1: okay. plus 900. Got it. Okay. I'm going to take out of the favorite pool because we'll just wrap that up quickly. I'm going to take John Rahm. Ugh. He is ten, 10 to one. I'm over him. He's the hottest golfer. On the PJ tour right now. It didn't go so well for him last weekend, but that is okay. John Rahm is the number one guy in the world, is the number one player this year in the FedEx Cup. He is on the path to winning that award, and it is only March. John Rahm is an easy pick for my number one overall. And the best part of this is it's 10 to 1, not nine to one.
0: Scotty Scheffler. That's my next pick. I think he's, about 10 to 1 as well, maybe. Uh, mm-hmm. He's finished 7, 11, 1st, 12, 4th. People love to give praise to Rory and Rom, but Scotty's playing just as well. And I like him as a person.
1: I like him as a person, too.
0: And I want my team, just like I drafted in the A list, to be nice people. Likeable guys.
1: No, Tony D'Angelo is on your team. Yeah, Scotty Scheffler's been playing really well as well. He could have won just like Rory last weekend. It did go to he's Kurt Kitayama. He's got to prove. Uh, yeah, two guys who are playing at the top of their games right now plus or close to that you have, plus 1,000 right now for me as okay. well. So this leaves me with three choices, at least, to the odds board I'm looking at. We should probably sync up next time on the odds. Uh, I got Cantlay, 16, Thomas, 20, Homa, 20. I'm going to go with Max Homa. He's the hotter of those three golfers. Uh, at 20 to 1, Max Homa, you know, he's playing spectacular golf. Wasn't a good week for him necessarily last week uh but max home is having a tremendous year and this could be another opportunity the most profitable guy in golf i'll put him put you on my team at least to start this off okay so the next one we're gonna pick one golfer from 20 to 50 to one in this range
0: victor hovland nice yep um like how he's playing i think that he i'm putting him in as like a top 10 lock he's not i don't think he's gonna win the tournament good but I've liked he him. He was sniffing
1: around last weekend yep, too.
0: Yep, I've liked him a lot. Um, so I'm going to pick Victor Hovland. I'm seeing I'm at what twenty eight to one. Are you seeing him there? I've or...
1: got twenty five. Okay,
0: well that's fine. We'll do that.
1: Uh, I will go with I'll go with t- Tony Fino, twenty eight to one. Uh, Tony Fino maybe hasn't like you know let the world on fire this year, uh, but out of this group. I feel like he has the most upside. The other opportun- the other options maybe Will Zalatoris, Tyrell Hatton was sniffing around last week as well. Jordan Spieth looks like he's got a little back injury that he was dealing with when he fell apart at the end of last week at the Arnold Palmer. Couple good options here, but I think Tony Finau has that like has that boom potential and it's not a major where he can fumble things away. So Tony Finau 28 to 1 is my mid-range pick. Let's do long shots then Canadians.
0: So so long shot is, just give me the numbers again Fifty for
1: that. or 50 or larger.
0: Oh, God, sorry. One second.
1: I'll go first since I got it, if you want. Sure. Sahit Degala. Ah, shout out to Big Mac gosh. for this pick. He's all over Sahit Degala this weekend. 80 to 1. Uh, he's one of those guys that has boom potential as well. Uh, he's a guy who can compete at the top when he's on. It can be a little ugly when he's not. But uh, I don't care about him making a cut. I just care about him winning a golf tournament. And I think out of the... Longer shots he's got the opportunity to do that
0: Well I'm just I'm screwed right now one sec. Um,
1: I mean you should have went first do you, you want know to what
0: see? no no no, you know what and this is this is completely stealing from the internet and I have no problem saying that. I looked up sleeper pick sleeper pick sleeper pick and I think I read Keith Mitchell a hundred times really I I don't know a thing about why people like Keith Mitchell so much. Oh, is he He might not be in this range. I got
1: 55 to 1. It's good on mine. That's good? Yeah.
0: 55 to 1? Keith Mitchell? I don't know if people are obsessed with him being a sleeper pick, so I'm literally riding with the internet on this one, okay?
1: <laughs> you go back to back. You can pick the first Canadian.
0: Oh. Um,
1: Corey Connors is the shortest odd, I, 60 I, to one.
0: I had Corey Connors written down, uh, but he's not a friend of the show yet, but I'll put him on because I was going to pick our friend of the show, but I'll do Corey Connors.
1: I'll pick the friend of the show, okay. and that is Nick Taylor. I think he's like about 100. No, he's... 225 to 1, so maybe not a great chance for Nick Taylor, but uh, I'll ride with friend of the show for now.
0: Um, Okay, so I'm just trying to write this down at the same time as trying to do this. So I know my team was Rory Scotty, Victor Hovland, Keith Mitchell, baby, and uh, Corey Connors.
1: And my team is John Rahm, Max Homa, Tony Finau, Sahit Degala,
0: and... Nick Taylor. Nick Taylor. Um, Can you just write in the other odds that I missed there? I will. Because um, I had uh, Keith Mitchell, you saw, you said 55 to 1? 55, yeah. And what was Corey Connors for me? 60. <laughs> oh, baby.
1: <laughs> okay, Here we, we go. got it. The all Players' right. Championship this weekend. We got a little skin in the game finally with a little golf. So I'm excited about this. We'll do it, of course, for the Masters, PGA, and uh, the other big tournaments where the guys like Rory and Rom show up because those – Rory's right about one thing. Those are the interesting tournaments when all the big boys show up.
0: I wish we had another way to just, like – accumulate all of our scores and just, like, see who wins each one as well. Can you just trust me on one thing?
1: Do you want to do work on Sunday, accumulating and dividing? I work every day. There's no days off. Comparing the the money earned to this? Trust me on this one.
0: Okay, there's actually a couple of golf picks in the text line, which I think we should read just because we're on the topic. Hey, guys, love the show. First time writing in. I'm, I'm your golf guy if you want picks. Okay, give me. I'm going to take this guy's personal phone number and message him. For tomorrow's three-ball take, Keegan Bradley over Kirk and Power. Sawgrass rewards ball striking, and he's one of the best.
1: I can't believe how high up on the odds board or how short his odds are, Keegan Bradley. He's having like a little renaissance the last couple of years, it seems. He's only 40-1 to one to win the tournament. Chris Kirk, your guy recent recent winner on the pga tour he's way lower on the odds board so you'd be playing definitely the favorite there but uh What's, who's the, who wrote in on that? No name. No name. We need a name if you're going to be a specialist. Folks, uh, may we'll, I
0: please get your name? We'll keep that in the mind. text line. Um, one more golf one here for you. Tim Tom from the schwa. Good morning, pals. Been ice cold cold lately, so playing it safe. Corey Connors to make the cut. He's never missed the cut of the players. Shot for lines. Someone has it boosted at plus 100. Well, that's my guy, so. There we go. No I'm free ads. i Tim yeah. Tom. I'll
1: play Corey Connors. Tim Tom from the schwa. Let's do it.
0: Okay, um, those were your golf picks in the Wake and Rake um, selections. Let's go through some anchors. We got to go fast, so um, Ali in Toronto. I like the Raptors plus three today for the anchor pick. Comfortability is not a word; you can say comfort instead. Okay.
1: (laughs) Okay, uh, that was uh, the golf pick. Next up, Delon Wright over one and a half steals. He's got sixteen in the last four games yes you read that correctly Holy. that is a lot no name there so we probably can't roll with it but yeah uh, we can do it maybe we'll keep delon right in mind
0: Block of the day scotty barnes over four and a half assists blah 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 he's gonna not want to be selfish blah, blah blah it's a thing jeff and barry go <laughs> korea, well i'm just trying to go fast here
1: <laughs> we're okay we got seven minutes korea minus one and a half world baseball classic australians apparently are not that great at baseball except uh, for liam Hendricks, app- uh, according to gary from caledon
0: Today, I'm stealing my pick from m He said, go to the Detroit Red Wings on the money line. He also said he liked the Marlies. That's Steven Sutton.
1: Nice. Good morning. Corey from Port Hope here. Today's Wake and Rake pick. Jokic to record a triple-double.
0: Walter from Toronto says, uh, good morning to the queen of the puck line and king of the futures. Uh, his lock was a... His, Is that us? I, I hope so. I'll take queen of the puck line. <laughs> um, we we return like to Champions League today. I've uh, got some free money available too. With Mbappe getting two plus shots on a goal on goal in a must win game, may the winners be ours. That's Walter from Toronto.
1: Mbappe, remember the Mbappe era for us.
0: God, do I ever.
1: Uh, good morning. This is Neil from Newfoundland. Indian Wells tennis starts today. One of the bigger tournaments outside of the Grand Slam. So this is Neil's time to shine. He's starting off with Lorenzo Sonego minus two and a half games over Jason. Kubler, or Kubler. Kubler. Sonego is playing his best tennis the past few months, going toe-to-toe with some of the top players in the world. Kubler hasn't hit that level yet. Sonego should breeze through until round two, so Senego, minus two and a half games, Neil.
0: Immediate bet. Um, Ian, <laughs> Fred Van Vliet over seven and a half assists. He's hit it in six straight. That's right, Ian. That's a good one.
1: And last one, it is Ron and Juliana. Ron's anchor pick, uh, Paul George over 23 and a half points in the Raptors and Clippers tonight. Jules going with The Steph Curry connection, Davidson, minus four and a half. Davidson with a little college basketball tournament action. His alt parlay, Harry Kane anytime goal, plus 115.
0: One more last one coming in under the radar here. Parlay Poppy nailed the under on Randall. Three-pointers. Munich on the three-way money line to beat PSG, who's missing Neymar. I also love Clippers, minus three and a half against the Raptors. Everybody is healthy, uh, except for Powell and the Clippers are at home. Um...
1: Yeah, I don't wanna I don't wanna jinx the Raptors again. I mean faded them last game, minus six Denver. Of course the Raptors lose, but do cover. The Clippers number is interesting. Uh I'm gonna go. I'm a little reluctant to assume that the Vancouver Canucks can win three games in a row, can Oof. go on a three-game winning streak. Just but ten. that is the direction I'm going. Anaheim played last night. Vancouver's been waiting for them at home. Vancouver on the three-way money line in regulation, minus or sorry, yeah, minus one thirty-five. Vancouver regulation win over Anaheim. Make it three in a row, Vancouver. Come on.
0: Okay, I'm going to hockey too. Anytime you can see Peter Morazic in net and the over at five and a half, you bet it because it's Peter Morazic. So Blackhawks at the Red Wings tonight. Only five and a half. Get it while you can. That would be my wake and rake selection over five and a half goals. Um, All right, let's pick one from the text line. We've got... I think we should go Raptors Clippers. I kind of like Scotty Barnes over Sis or Fred Van Vliet. Over assist because he's been hitting that straight and
1: Van Vleet over assist the one that I liked as well.
0: Ian, the snowplow driver who gets up and saves lives and puts his on the line at times with these snowstorms. We're gonna pick you, Ian. You are a constant grinder, always in the text line. You are today's winner, Fred Van Vliet, over seven and a half assists.
1: His last five games, 14 assists versus Denver, nine assists versus Washington, eight the game before that against Washington, nine versus Chicago, 15 versus Orlando, eight versus Detroit. He's gone over seven and a half in six straight games. He's probably averaging something like 11 over that stretch. It's been a nice run. For our point guard, Fred. Mm. Not just off-ball shooting, Fred. This guy's playing the point again with Jakob and he's racking up dimes. I like that pick a lot.
0: Okay, let's lock it in. So, Fred over assists. Canucks in regulation over the Ducks. Over 5.5 in the Red Wings, Blackhawks, Peter Mrazek show. All together, plus 5.15 for your wake and rake today on International Women's Day. I Let's love
1: get that bread. I, I, I'm worried about my pick. I love both of your picks. The two of the three are really good. I don't know about Vancouver. We can't but we'll have see. you
0: be the weakest link again. Okay? I
1: know. I know. You can cash out if you want because my I got the late game. No, Just I'm trying option. to get
0: some positivity for we our can, We can do this, Justin. I mean, um,
1: Anaheim back to back. Come on,
0: Bedard. You know, come on. History would show that it's not ideal for them. You see
1: there. Bit, uh, speaking of Anaheim, you see that zero goal last night?
0: Yeah. He's just a walk and highlight reel. That's
1: that's what they got. They got a nice Seagrass goal every three <laughs> every three or four games or so. That's what this whole franchise is like, is uh, priding itself on at this point. At least until they get uh, a new draft pick in there.
0: Um, I don't know if you're looking at any Kawhi props, but you know this is the last time the Raptors will see Kawhi this season. Uh, Clippers favorites on the money line. I'm looking at Kawhi points over twenty five and a half. Is this when Pascal comes big tonight? And has a little bit of a prove it game. We've always had the conversation: Can Kawhi, uh, can Pascal, be the leader to take this team to the championship? Well, you're going to be facing against a guy that did that with the Raptors in recent memory. So maybe there's a big, maybe there's a big Kawhi or a big Pascal night tonight. I'm open.
1: Yeah, it seems like those two could kind of—I don't wanna say cancel each other out—but if Kawhi Leonard wants to defend. It might be a quiet night for Pascal Siakam, but thankfully for the Raptors recently, that hasn't mattered all that much. Siakam has, if we're talking gambling, I don't think he's hit an over point total in quite a few games. Under Central because Freddie, Pirtle, those guys have been producing in the absence of Toronto's best player having massive nights. And frankly, that's a good thing because when it was only Siakam racking up numbers, they weren't winning basketball games. So maybe this more balanced approach is is what we want to see from this team.
0: Well, you've got Toronto Blue Jays continuing Grapefruit League schedule with Grapefruit League MVP Kikuchi yesterday. Um... They're playing today against the Minnesota Twins. I think, I think we really
1: got to pound this, uh, this home. Let's make a trophy. Grapefruit it's just MVP. a golden grapefruit. <laughs> yes, we really do have to oh, speak God. this into existence. All
0: right. 1 p.m. on Sportsnet and streaming on sportsnet.ca slash 590 as well as the Sportsnet app. That's against the Twins. And then tonight, Raptors continue the West Coast swing as they take on the Clippers at 10 p.m. Eastern on Sportsnet 1, a late one. But we'll be back with the Baby Friday Vibes Doesn't matter, no sleep, Justin's crushing monsters, energy drinks in general. And uh, we'll be back on your baby Friday. Everybody have a great day, happy International Women's Day to all of you out there.